This morning I'd like to speak about the accomplishment in, in self or the completeness of mind. And I will begin with a reading from the Maga Samyutta. Bhikkhus, this is the forerunner, the precursor of the rising of the sun, that is the dawn. Is that sounding familiar to any of you? For those of you that have been here for a few weeks, um, every morning I've been starting the talk with a discourse from the Maga Samyutta, and they begin, this is the forerunner, the precursor of the rising of the sun, that is the dawn. So two bhikkhus, for a bhikkhu, this is the forerunner, the precursor of the arising of the noble eightfold path, that is accomplishment in self. So that's the topic for this morning, the accomplishment in self. So you might be thinking, oh, what's the next one on this Buddhist list? Are you familiar with this Buddhist list? Actually, it's not really a Buddhist list. Each one is an individual discourse that was given to an individual or on a particular occasion when that quality was um, was highlighted for various skillful and appropriate reasons at that time. So they're not really put together as one list. But each of these qualities that I've been speaking to, which included good friendship, accomplishment in view, accomplishment in virtue, accomplishment in self, accomplishment in desire, accomplishment of coming up, accomplishment in diligence, and accomplishment in careful attention. they don't come together as this is a new Buddhist list of the seven qualities that precede the Eightfold Path. Actually, they are seven qualities that are appropriate and that do precede the Eightfold Path, but are more or less um, more appropriate for one person or another, one time or another, rather than uh, you develop this factor and it becomes the condition for the next factor and then the next factor. But I'm enjoying the theme for the month of the dawn. So, When one is accomplished in self, it is to be expected that one will develop and cultivate this noble eightfold path. And how does one who is accomplished in self develop and cultivate the noble eightfold path? Here, one develops right view, which has as its final goal the removal of lust, the removal of hatred, the removal of delusion. And then the same for right thought, right action, right speech, right livelihood, right effort, and right, right mindfulness. And then it concludes, one develops right concentration, which has as its final goal the removal of lust, the removal of hatred, the removal of delusion. It is in this way that one who is accomplished in self develops and cultivates the noble eightfold path. So the Pali term for the accomplishment in self is atasampada. Now, Bhikkhu Bodhi translate this, translates this as the accomplishment in self. Bhikkhu Sujato refers to it as self-development. The commentary elaborates the meaning as being sampanachitta, which the dictionary describes as meaning a mind that is complete successful in mind, perfect in mind, a mind that is endowed with, abounding in, and possessed of. So we might ask ourselves, what would a mind need to be abounding in, endowed with, so that it could be successful enough to cultivate the Eightfold Path? 
I don't think we need exotic Buddhist lists of qualities to answer this question. But if, since I like lists, if I had to choose one, I would choose the qualities of a superior person or the accomplishments of a great person, which are variations in sets of four or five of the factors of faith, virtue, learning, energy, generosity, and wisdom, because they're basic good qualities that support our ability to practice and to make progress on this path. Although someone might pick up that notion of completeness in mind and run with it toward the full development of the mind, the purity of the mind, and assume that it implies a kind of ultimate achievement such as full awakening. In this context, it is presented as the precursor to the arising of the Eightfold Path. So I think it really has to be understood as quite an accessible quality. I think Atasampada, this accomplishment in self, is simply referring to a healthy sense of self, an emotional maturity that comes with knowing ourselves, a lived wisdom that we experience when we're relatively honest and clear in our relationship to how we manifest in the world. So we're not hypocritical. We see our issues, but we deal with them. We're not needing constant approval from authorities or friends. We're not overly dependent upon social roles and being recognized. We're not deeply entangled in jealousy and envy and competitiveness, these defilements that arise out of kind of those deep personal insecurities. But we have our issues, And we all have our issues, and this accomplishment in self certainly occurs in the context of one who has their issues. It's a precursor to the Eightfold Path. But nevertheless, we could say that we know ourselves, that we know who we are in this world, and that we're relatively comfortable with that. There's just a sense of not needing to be perfect, but being comfortable in our skin. So this Accomplishment in self might simply look like a mature and integrated human being. I don't think it's describing sort of the image of the yogi who sits really still imitating the Buddha statue. I think it's more simply somebody who is thoughtful and humble and free of deceit about themselves, not perfect but really okay with working with the stuff that we've got. In the Anguttara Nikaya, in the Book of the Tens, the Buddha describes somebody who declares that they have developed their mind, but unwholesome states of greed, hate, delusion, anger, hostility, denigration, insolence, miserliness, envy, and evil desire continue to arise. How is that? So the Buddha describes this person as being likened to a poor, destitute person. That even though he may claim, I am wealthy, I am affluent, I am rich, he can't go to the market and buy what he wants. So his claims are known to be merely vain talk. And that's compared with somebody else who declares, I have developed the mind, but is speaking correctly because unwholesome qualities such as greed, hate, delusion, anger, hostility, denigration, insolence, miserliness, envy, and evil desire no longer arise. 
And this person is likened to a rich, affluent, wealthy person who actually has sufficient wealth to go to the market and buy whatever he likes. It's not boasting. It's an accurate statement that reflects one's actual qualities, abilities, skills, and conditions of development. So how do our insights that we have in meditation, we could say on the cushion, translate into the way that we manifest in life, in the world? Do our actions match our speech? Do we have some restraint over our speech such that not every thought that arises in the mind manifests further into the world? Do we recognize the conditions that shape our lives without blaming others for those conditions? Do we take responsibility for our aspirations, for our patterns, for our habits, for our actions, for our choices? Do we welcome the consequences of our own actions, whether pleasant or painful, and welcome that with equanimity and the wisdom that understands actions have consequences? You might sit very still in the meditation hall, but is the mind agitated when you're doing your yogi job or when you're eating a meal? This retreat is not happening in the meditation hall. This retreat is happening in your mind from morning until night. What do you observe arising within your own mind? If you find defilements, are you diligent and skillful in working with them, overcoming them, understanding them, abandoning them? If you find wholesome qualities, do you make use of the conducive conditions for further development? Atasampada, this accomplishment in self, is not about creating a special, sophisticated, superior, spiritual self-image. We understand our personal patterns, and we understand them well enough that we can still guide our development to maturity, both on and off the cushion. We can work with this self, this selfing process, in a wise way. In the Anguttara Nikaya Book of the Fours, it says, Bhikkhus, there are these four mangoes. Which four? One is unripe, but seems ripe. One is ripe, but seems unripe. One is unripe and seems unripe. And one is ripe and seems ripe. You probably can guess where this is going. In the same way, four people are similar to mangoes in this world. And how, and then it goes through the ripe and the unripe sequence. And how is a person unripe, but seems unripe? This is when a person is impressive to others when going out and coming back, when looking ahead and aside, when bending and extending the limbs, and when bearing outer bowl, outer robe, bowl, and robes. But they don't really understand this is suffering. This is the origin of suffering. This is the cessation of suffering. This is the practice that leads to the cessation of suffering. That's how a person is unripe, 
but seems ripe. That person is like a mango that's unripe, but seems ripe, I say. So what we present to the outside, the performance, what shows to others, the kind of uh, physical routine we go through, is very different then to the actual inner understanding that we have. And then it goes through the other various options and sequences. Is there a show on the outside that looks pretty good, (laughs) but we know on the inside that we are quite immature in our understanding? Now, somebody else can be the reverse. Somebody can have genuine, deep, profound understanding. But somehow on the outside, it doesn't show so much. Maybe they're very shy. Maybe they're very quiet. Maybe there are some innocuous patterns that don't look like the spiritual wise person. So what supports the maturity, the ripeness, the integration of the inner and the outer? I want to mention a few qualities for reflection that I think of in this matter of accomplishment of self and ripeness. And the first is personal integrity. Second is self-respect, self-confidence, self-esteem, and finally, self-knowledge. Many of these qualities, self-respect, self-esteem, they arise when we can trust our good intentions. Self-confidence is not arrogance. It's an expression of our own trustworthiness. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust your mind? When we're obsessed by the defilements, we should not trust that mind. (laughs) It's not a trustworthy mind. But when we look at the mind and find that our thoughts and our intentions and our mental states are rather good, they're rather pure, then I think we can feel genuine gladness, inner confidence, a sense of being trustworthy. Our commitment to practicing our virtue then becomes a source of tremendous self-respect. People with a healthy sense of self and have genuine self-respect don't overestimate themselves and vainly boast, nor do they think that they are flawless, perfect human beings, unable to do wrong, unable to do harm. When we know ourselves, we know our defilements. It means we know how vulnerable we are and everybody else is to these forces of greed and lust, of irritation and impatience and anger and even hatred, and of delusion. So we guard the mind. We protect the mind. We bring mindfulness to experience so that we protect ourselves from the defilements. And when we still screw up and make those embarrassing mistakes that we feel regret for, We openly deal with it. No deception, no pretending. We blew it. Can we admit that? Can we learn from it and continue on this path of awakening? 
One of the things we learn about ourselves, of course, are our vulnerabilities to the hindrances and which ones seem to still catch us. We also, though, know what the beautiful qualities are that are developing, that are our strengths. We don't need to claim those beautiful qualities, those wholesome states as enduring and lasting characteristics. We can have enough maturity to look at our minds and observe how we manifest, how we live, both the inner and the outer, and see what patterns and perspectives we are nurturing, we are feeding. And then self-knowledge becomes the key to our success. Supported by a deep understanding of our personal patterns, of how this sense of self manifests and engages in the world, we will be able to practice this eightfold path and skillfully guide our development along this liberating path. So enjoy your practice today.